Welcome, everybody, to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm here with Rejoice Tapon. How are you, Rejoice? I'm doing good. So you have just done a big step. What have you done? I joined the United States Navy. We're going to get into why you did that and what the process was. So start with step one. Why the United States military to begin with? Why did you not just work in civilian world or what What were you thinking? I have just finished my GED, I think. And I was just thinking of what I would do with my life. And then I'm like, huh, what if I joined the military? Because I have watched a lot of military movies and I just find them to be fascinating people. They're very disciplined, especially the Marine. They have this perfectly ironed uniform, you know, they're just so elegant in it. And they just, so I'm like, oh, that's maybe I should start by doing that. You know, I know in my life someday I want to be a nurse, like have the highest degree in nurse, nursing. But I just told myself, what if I start? you know, by going to the military first and get that discipline, then I will proceed to wherever it is that I want to go in life. Branch, because she ended up going to all the military branches, except for the Coast Guard and the Space Force. Space Force didn't exist at the time. And the uh, Coast Guard, well, that's just too scary to begin with. But so what was the first branch you went to? I went to the Marines. I, uh, you and I, we stepped into the Marine office, and then they gave me the, the as is it the, the PICAT test? It's no, just, it was a is a micro ASVAB test to give you. ASVAB is like the SAT or the standardized test the military asks everybody in the military to take to determine how good you are uh, academically or and that kind of stuff, and so. And, and to kind of see what kind of jobs you could potentially do, um, because depending on your scores, that will determine. So when you go into a recruiting station, they're, they might give you this micro ASVAB that took about less than an hour. And you ended up getting like a score of 45 or something like that, which was, which is passing. But the bottom line is you went there and you did a decent score. But then what did you discover about the Marines? I want to be in the milit uh, like in the medical fields. That's the only thing that the marine has limit on. Like I want to work either in a hospital, somewhere where I can have my hands on on people and caring for them. Uh, and then the marine didn't have that. That was the only reason why I decided to check out all the other branches after I couldn't find medical field in the marines. Right. And then so after the marines, the next step was going to the air force. Yeah, after the Marines, I went to the Air Force. It was nice and cushy. They have all the promises of a good life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just felt like it's too soft and too cushy for me. It's not what I wanted. (laughs) I wanted something like a little bit hardcore. Right. You know, I could be in the Air Force. I think I qualify. My scores qualify, but it's just like, ooh, it's just too soft, too girly. There's a comic strip that shows off the different branches of the military or the different units and the army guy is suffering there and saying this sucks and then the ranger guy's like <laughs> Go ahead, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah i can't remember exactly but then i remember the special forces guys like i wish this could suck more and then the guy flying in a plane looks down and says oh it sure sucks on that sure sucks down there and then finally the air force guy sitting on his couch in his in his room watching television he's like what the cable's out this sucks. 
yeah yeah so that's the only reason the air force it's like they have the college i think they automatically everybody has to go to college for some reason yeah the community college yeah community college is it's very nice but and i could i think also get the medical uh feels there too but it's just like i wasn't in love with it the main problem though actually with the air force was the fact that there's very few people only the people who score super high on the asvab uh, generally speaking, get to know what their job will be before they enlist. Most of the time when you join the Air Force, they will give you a general idea of what you are. And it's a very vague idea. So they have different categories, I think around four or five different categories. And they're pretty broad categories. And so you could end up being in the medical field of an uh, of, of if you go as a generalist in the general category but you could also do i don't know maybe being a cook in the same category the marines though they they did give you options actually actual jobs that you could go so that's why we did not pick the air force the air force could not promise you without a doubt that you could get a medical job in the air force they could not promise you you ship you go to boot camp and you don't really know your job until after boot camp for the Air Force, with few exceptions. There are a few cases where they where they can lock you in, mm-hmm. but you may not want to expect that. Okay, so the third category, then we went to the Army. And that took for many months. And as you can see from the thing behind us and my shirt and everything, that was Rejoice's you know, she was yeah. totally gung ho for that. Yeah, I took uh, the ASVAB with the army. I I did my MAPS medical uh, checkup with them. Everything. Uh, but Do you remember your ASVAB score? Fifty-six or something 56, like okay, that. If I, yeah. Yeah, which is 56. a good score. Mm-hmm. But uh, the maximum is ninety-nine. The passing score, I think, you need is thirty. Yeah. So I got that, but. Um, I remember my recruiter saying, yeah, just give us your ASVAB score and then we're going to give you the job that you want. We don't like, it's going to take a while, but we're going to get you a medical job. So then I drafted out the type of jobs that I am interested in, even the ones that is like plan A, plan B, plan C. I gave it to them. I gave them the ASVAB score. I qualify for a good amount of job, medical, and then they just, I just kept waiting for them. After waiting for many months, he gave me an ultimatum. He said that uh, it's either I take the jobs that they have now or he's just going to discharge me in a month. He's got to take you out of the system. He's going to take me out of the system. And he hasn't given me the job that he promised or like he said he would be able to get me. And he kept telling me that this job will never come, especially now that there's elections coming. If Biden wins, the military size, uh, military will be downsized and things like that. And he also mentioned that the, the um, COVID, everybody's unemployed yeah. and everybody wants these jobs and they're very popular. By the way, a lot of recruiters will, no matter what, job you want whether you say i really want to be a dishwasher that's my ambition oh boy that's a tough one there's a lot of people want to be dishwashers out there we're gonna have to work really hard to find that kind of job you know no matter what fucking job you you want you're going to have to uh expect that the military recruiter is going to say that that's a really hard job and you should be grateful that we got you any job and take whatever we give you and that kind of stuff. That's the line they're going to give you. And although sometimes that might be right, especially if you have a very low ASVAB score. But 
a lot of times if you're just patient, patience, you will eventually get a job that you should be pretty happy with and yeah. try to wait them out. Yeah. Wait them out. You have the advantage as long as you're waiting. Yeah, I think uh, if I had kept waiting by now, I could have gotten a really decent job in the military. In the army. In the army. Uh, I didn't wait long enough because I felt like, oh, it's either I take these jobs that I don't really like. Which or is what? What were they offering you? They offered you a truck driver? They offered me a truck driver. They offered me radiologic, biological, something like that. that has Chemical and, and nuclear waste disposal, that kind of stuff. Yeah. and Where you have to wear those haz, hazmat suits. Hazmat suit, yeah. They offered me a kind of, it's not a bad job, but it's like my for my future goal, they don't align very well. I could do that and I don't think I will be miserable but it's just then what you know after I am ready to be like what I want to be those skills that I acquire from biological radiological or water purifying it's not really going to fall into that space that I want to go so there was a carpentry job at yeah one there point. was a carpentry job I could do that but yeah. then what so I didn't take that one and finally decided you know what let me just go to the Navy I didn't go to the Navy from the beginning because I thought that Navy they have to do with swimming and uh, that was one thing that I just didn't want to deal with the swimming part of it because you're from the Sahara Desert and yeah. the Sahara Desert doesn't have a whole lot of water if you might have figured so swimming is not in their culture yeah, so I just went to the Navy. I was very skeptical. I showed up. I'm like, yeah. Francis literally have to drag me to the office, actually. <laughs> there was a heated argument. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So basically, I was like, yeah, fine. I arrived like a zombie. I was just sitting down, and he did all the talking. And they're like, yeah, actually, we can guarantee her a medical job. He's like, you have to be sure it's medical job or nothing. She's not going to do anything else. They're like, because he knows that I really don't want to be there. So they have to really make me an offer I cannot refuse. Right. And so they did that. They gave me that offer I cannot refuse. They gave me an HM job. They even gave me an HM with, with the rating, right? You say rating with the specialty HMDA. Like some people are afraid when you go to the Navy that you don't actually know what you're doing until you finish boot camp but when I arrived they gave me a, a job that I already know that I will be HMDA but I was picky because I'm still thinking about the swimming part I told myself well maybe I should be picky in that case if they don't have what I want then they will just say okay well sorry we don't have it then I don't have to go with the Navy but anyway they gave me something else even better so I stayed with the Navy <laughs> Right. And so HMDA is a dental assistant. So HM is the category or what they call the rate, which is like a job that is a very um, huge, widespread job that allows you to do all sorts of medical related stuff. You're, you could be a combat medic. You could work in a hospital. You could work side by side with the Marines. Uh, you could be on a ship. You could be on land. Who knows? It's all sorts of stuff that could be medical related. Uh, you could work in a pharmacy. I mean, on and on. So it's a, the broadest of broad categories you can find anywhere in the military. That's very different than the Army. The Army already specializes you quite early on before you even enlist. They tell you the job. And by the way, that's the thing. You know, the Army will make a big deal about you will be guaranteed a certain MOS, which is what a job is in the, uh, called in the army and it's true but that's still provided that you actually pass whatever qualifications that you have to go through in order to get that thing so for example they might give you 
a 68 Charlie or 68 Whiskey, which are combat medics and a kind of a nursing assistant. But if you don't pass the school that and all the tests that they, they give you, you're not going to get that job, obviously. <laughs> They're going to reassign you and off and, and you might have to become that truck driver and you may not want to be. So be careful when the any recruiter says, I'm promising or guaranteeing you this job. That That's contingent, first of all, that you pass the test. And by the way, then there's always the possibility that, for example, a war could erupt and all of a sudden the, the military says, no, we really need you over here instead. They have that right to do that. Uh, so uh, be careful about the how guaranteed the job is, but in general, it is it is fairly certain, especially um, with every branch except for the Air Force. I think the best branch for that is the Army. They're the most specific. And then after that is probably the, the Navy and the Marines. And then last is, I would say, Air Force regarding that. I can't say anything about Space Force, but I think Space Force like the, uh, the Air Force. Um, so any advice like who do you think should join which branch like if you're this type of person go here if you're this type of person go there I really don't know what type of person should join what branch I think you can join any branch but you just have to if you're going to join the military whichever branch is going to be just start getting in shape mm-hmm. like we do debt meetings a delay entry program every we go twice every month and there are people who show at that debt meeting honest to god we just do this jogging it's like less than a mile jogging i want to do like three miles and serious jogging but they, because of there's these people who cannot do even like 1.5 we do less than a mile just from the office to a park just nearby and by the time we arrive they are really panting and looking pathetic like you're in the military like you you didn't just join you have joined and i have seen you for at least a month what the fuck are you doing why aren't you exercising for one month i've seen you twice and each time i see them is the same thing they cannot run okay if you cannot run can you do plank there was a boy who is next to me he cannot do even a minute of plank that's a boy and, and, and no, no, but that same guy he couldn't even do one fucking sit up yeah now time for sit up okay <laughs> I said, you cannot run, you cannot do plank, can you do a sit-up? Honest to God, he could not do one proper sit-up. I was holding down his leg. He was my partner, I was partnered with him. He hold my legs, I do mine, time for me to hold his leg. He could not, even though I'm giving him the power, the strength to use my power to pull himself up to do the proper sit-ups, he couldn't do it. And of course, you cannot say, what the fuck are you doing at home or anything? I didn't say anything like that, but he could, he sensed that everybody was at least disappointed in him. I mean, I have seen him like this is like the second time. So it has been a month and he cannot do one sit up. He cannot do run. He cannot do the, the, the planks. How many push ups can you do? I'm a girl. I did more push ups than him. Like. But really? And you want to go to the Navy? It doesn't matter which one you're going to do. You're representing this country. You know, uh, the the greatness of the military is that, yeah, they can do whatever. They're these strong people who were proud of. They can go everywhere and kick ass and defend us. But if you cannot even do the basic layman thing, then it's like, I was ashamed to go exercise with this type of people because, like, 
exercise is not expensive you know you can go out and do do it yourself and you can watch youtube video and get yourself how to do planks you know i never pay a trainer or anything and it's just shameful when you arrive and uh, you just cannot do the basic things and it's annoying if i'm the recruiter or whatever i'm just gonna kick your ass really <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah um, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with is like deciding which branch and I'm not sure what the best idea is, but I will tell you this, that a lot of recruiters kind of really want you to marry their branch, you know, like they don't understand sometimes that you're like, I want to be a computer scientist. That's my thing. I want to get involved in computers and you don't give a fuck whether you're doing computers for the air force or for the Navy or for the army. They all do computers. They all have computer type jobs. So, you know, you just want that because that's your intended career field to be. Or it could be uh, maybe you just want to fly planes. Maybe that's your big goal. You want to fly. Well, you could fly in the Navy. You could fly in the Army. You can fly in the Air Force. They all and the, and the Marines also have a flying component. And sometimes it's very frustrating because the recruiter wants you to just love their branch above all others. And I'm like, dude. I'm here for my career. I love the U.S. military in a general category, but I'm not. And that's why, you know, we have, even though she's in the Navy, we have this army and army shirt because, hey, it's all one fucking team. We're the same team, guys. This episode is sponsored by the Athletic Brewing Company, which makes yummy non-alcoholic beer. Now, before you disparage non-alcoholic beer, consider this. During the 2020 International Beer Challenge, the Athletic Brewing Company won Brewer of the Year for North America, and they only make non-alcoholic beer. Enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover or the beer belly. Last year, Athletic Brewing donated over $300,000 to trail restoration projects. With Athletic Brewing, you can even drink and drive. When the cop pulls you over for driving too slowly, you can say, Dude, I was just chilling, drinking beer. Non-alcoholic beer, that is. Although you can't order beer by mail, you can order non-alcoholic beer by mail. So go to athleticbrewing.com, use the promo code WANDERLEARN20 to get 20% off your first order. Buy at least two six-packs so you can get free shipping. That's WanderLearn20 with no spaces to get 20% off. Battery ran out, so I'm just going to fill in the blanks here and tell you that Rejoice is leaving on January 26, 2021. That's when she's going to be her ship date to boot camp. Boot camp lasts about two months, but there's a 15-day quarantine period that she's going to have to go through, about two weeks. And then after that, she's going to be going to what's called A school. So after boot camp, many people in the Navy go off to A school, which is basically like an advanced school. In the Army, they call that AIT, Advanced Individual Training. In the Navy, they call it A school. I don't know what they call it in the other branches, but the idea is that to do your job, you probably need specific training. Boot camp or basic training is just the general thing that everybody has to learn, know, learn, learn and know. And that can last anywhere from two months to, I think, three months or so for the, the Marines is the longest. Then you specialize. And in the Navy, she's going as a corpsman, which is that HM rating, which means that she's going to go through five months of training. Five months. 
That's going to put her into like September time frame of 2021. And then she has possibly the option to go on to what's called C school. Now, don't ask me why there's no B school, but it goes from A school to C school. And that's even further specialization. So that's if she wants to go to urology, for example, or be a surgical technician, or she wants to be a cardiovascular person. Um, or if you want to join the Marines, by the way, as a corpsman, so you want to be a combat medic, you'll need to go to FMTB, which is a field training medical battalion in within the Marines. So the bottom line is, one of the great things that the military gives you is a lot of hands-on real-life training. And that's one of the things that really appealed to Rejoice and one of the reasons why she decided to go this because in the end, she wants to apply to nursing school. Well, her application is going to look so much better if she has real-world experience, real-world training that will and clinical hours in a hospital, that kind of stuff will really help her application and give and make her a strong candidate. And to top it off, she's getting paid for it. How good is that? So getting housing, you're getting food and benefits, etc. So after all that training, which could take up to a year, all of 2021, she could be in school learning. Then the Navy will deploy her or ship her to a certain location as a permanent base. And usually that's two years. And that could be, let's say in Virginia, could be internationally, could be in Japan. And then she's going to be stationed normally in a hospital for two years. Although she went to the Marines, then she would deploy with the Marines. And then you get assigned another two years. So the first two years after boot camp, you're probably not going to be on a ship as even in the Navy. So she doesn't expect to be on a ship. Maybe the last two years, she, by the way, signed a five-year contract. So that maybe the last two years, she will do a, a, a ship deployment. So there you have it. About one year of training, two years in a hospital, and possibly the last two years on a ship, possibly. And again, that's these are all possibilities. We really don't know. Don't ask me where, when, and how, and all that good stuff. And for those of you who are saying, well, what are you going to do, Francis? Well... For these nine months of training, since she can't even see me, she's basically locked up, I'm going to probably try to travel. That's what I'm going to try to do and write my book at the same time, which is usually not a good idea. So that's my general idea. I just did 500 calories today. <laughs> so where am I going to travel? Maybe go to the Middle East, Pakistan, or all the way out to Israel, somewhere in that zone between Pakistan and Israel and all the Stans and the Gulf states, maybe go there or maybe, maybe, maybe go back to Africa and finish my book there and just find myself a really secluded community and has really crappy internet. And then I can actually be quite productive there and live very inexpensively. So we'll see. Those are some of the options. If you like this content about the military, this is our first time we've ever done it. I learned quite a bit. If you want more of that, Make a comment, send me an email at ft at francistapon.com and share this video. Hit the like and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know the, the drill. Thank you again. And thank you to my patrons at patreon.com slash ftapon. You guys make this all possible. And that concludes this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we talked about, or if you'd like to comment on the show, or if you'd like to ask me a question, and go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. 
If you'd like to connect with me, just remember FTAPON. That's my first initial and my last name. FTAPON is the username I use on all social media. You can also get to my website by going to ftapon.com. And here's one last reason to remember FTAPON. If you like what I do and would like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. And now for five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it somewhere. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.